0: This is Opening Spaces, the podcast about democracy, produced by Democracy International. Welcome to Opening Spaces, the podcast about democracy. My name is Andrew Bogrand, and I'm here today with Raisa Borshikova, who is a Wilson Center fellow and a human rights activist from Chechnya. Welcome, Raisa.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Uh,
0: Your expertise... Brings a great deal to the work we do here at Democracy International. I'd like to talk a little bit today about not just about your work, but about the situation in Chechnya and the specifically the human rights situation in Chechnya. And, and I'm wondering if you can kind of give me a an overview.
1: I'll try to be brief, because um, it's a huge question, and if we, um, and it's going to be very difficult just to, to describe in few words. Um, What's the situation on human rights issues in Chechnya? First of all, um, just um, there is no any um, freedom of expression in Chechnya, first of all, you have to know. And today the Chechens can't um, not even express themselves but also um, go and just complain about what's going on within their own families because today I can fairly say that every single family faces injustice uh, from the Chechen government, which established a uh, severe uh, total dictatorship and melted with the sort of corruption going on. And uh, this,
0: is the, this is the government of Ramzan Kadyrov, that's correct? Yes. And he's yeah. the—what is his relationship to Putin?
1: Well, he's a good partner of Putin. They made a deal, I think. Um Putin gave to Kadyrov um power to do whatever he wants in exchange of stability. The biggest Kadyrov Kadyrov's um duty is to keep the Chechnya stable from as they say the um the rebels, from um radical extremists um from any kind of um, actions aimed to lead Chechnya independent, but also um, become sort of um, center of extremism.
0: And this is, as you, th- you were talking about the freedom of expression, this is really his, his kind of his regime has really led to a, a gross crackdown on human rights.
1: Yes, absolutely. We have a v- less and less um, human rights NGOs standing in Chechnya. Most of the um, even humanitarian NGOs had to close their activities and leave. Um, today, um, we have the only actually human rights NGO, uh, like the, the national, the Russian one we have, is a m- m- human rights center memorial who has who still has its mm-hmm. office um but recently mm, the government ran a huge propaganda against um, this NGO calling at enemy and uh, agents like mm, uh, like Western agents sure. and encouraging people to not go and ask seek for help um, because immemorial was one of the like the latest NGOs who were uh, s- who, who were helping the uh, the the people with with um, Who's facing uh, injustice? They were providing the legal, ex- like, uh, assistance and also giving um, the re- monitoring the situation on human rights abuses and also documenting and reporting on them. They still do this job, but now the people don't come to the office. It's very rare.
0: Right, right. And and what's the what's the concern there? Do you think is it? Are they concerned as I think Putin is about uh, a, a say a color revolution uh, or, or, or are the fears broader than that or why, why attack say a humanitarian organization?
1: Well humanitarian organizations means that uh, it's uh, it's international that the foreigners are here and foreigners had kind of protection. For instance, uh, the Chechens can get punished for any single like word they can say against um, like the regime. Foreigners could actually tell this and be independent even um, – and also the uh, – Russia tries and with Kadyrov they try really isolate Chechnya from foreigners who can come and even any kind of contacts with foreigners are seen as, as a danger um, for their regime and that's why they try to keep the mm, Chechnya far in distance with the with the foreigners of course they can come mm. but like just to give an example three years ago we had uh, for foreign journalists it was um, easier just to come and um, manage to the interviews with people um, interesting yes and now but it's today just not now not the possible. people yes but then it they the people started refusing to give the like the Interviews on the front of the camera. Now people just are afraid to meet with the foreigners just because uh, because they might be punished for this.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And w- how does Chechnya fit within you know within the Northern Caucasus? You know, Dagestan, Ingushetia. Um, I, I realize that there's differences. How do you see Chechnya in comparison to the other? you know, Caucasian republics in Russia. What is the right situation like, the political situation?
1: Well, the, Chechnin, um, the Chechnya is a—in um, mm, Chechnya, we have a total dictatorship, mm-hmm. and there is one person who governs and who rules uh, the whole society. Um, so anybody can um, openly criticize Kadirov uh, and his policies. He will be punished, not only him, but also his family members as well. So it's no way, which is not the case in Ingushetia or in Dagestan. Of course, um, uh, the um, in Dagestan you can criticize the government. There is mm-hmm. a sort of uh, freedom of expression and hmm. the me free media. Right. So they can do, um, but. I've heard that it's also getting more difficult for the journalists to work. It's, um, mm, but still they have freedom. Right. It's not completely like, erased right. as it is right. in Chechnya. In Chechnya, it's an it's a absolute like, censorship.
0: So is it essentially like a totalitarian, what we'd call a totalitarian regime in Chechnya? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Mm. Uh-huh. And wha- wha- where would you, or are there comparisons with other countries that you make? In Chechnya, w- could we compare it to, say, North Korea or Tajikistan? I mean, where kind of, how, how, toth- how authoritarian is um, is Chechnya?
1: Well, it's difficult to say, um, but at the same time, when you see the behavior of um, of different dictators, right. it looks so similar. Uh, but you might have some, maybe like. Um, n- Different mm-hmm. differences, but in total I, I would compare with the North Korea, but um, But compare and say that it's exactly the same uh, way It's wrong because the Chechens can travel they have they're sure. not banned sure. and they have access to the internet um, And and they can uh, like on the internet they can express themselves not all of them especially, f- but now it's getting um worse, and right. the government is trying to control the internet and social media, too. Right. So um, that's wha- what I want to say, that um, the the local regime is doesn't support and doesn't even just l- support any kind of critics, right. like a small right. and a very small level. Um, I- it's enough just to have sort of rumors for them saying that someone Criticize somewhere in a small village, right. um, they may come and punish people, and they know it. Not only them, but also their families, because in order to control um, mm, the pop- like the Chechen population, they use the method of collective punishment, as we say. If someone from your family um, disagrees with Kadiros mm-hmm. policy, the whole family will be punished. Wow. Wow, they can be just. Um, uh, in which ways? Yes. Yeah. Um, for instance, for those um, who had uh, male family, fa- male or female family members who fled to Syria mm-hmm. to join the ISIS, right. um, their the families uh, were just um, kicked out of their houses and the houses were burned. Right. Uh, and. And the families um are not allowed to get back to chechnya forever so it was reported by um human rights ngos such as human rights watch and 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 sense and i think it it played the role positive role in way that they don't um burn the houses now Mm -hmm. but they do kick out the people wow from republic
0: that's terrible at Democracy International, we we talk a little bit about the way that governance and human rights crackdowns can lead to, say, violent extremism. It does. It basically, I think, uh, some of our experts here might think it doesn't really lead to a space for people to have a normal political dialogue. So they end up in these kind of environments, going to the extreme option because there's no other options. Sure. Do you see that happening? Uh, do you wh- wh- where do you see kind of you know what are the options for youth, and wh- you know what what are the, the kind of avenues for expression? Are there any, um, or is it, you know, or or is it simply the the, the route of uh, of extremism?
1: Of course, as we say, the violence um, creates violence, mm-hmm. um, and um, from my own experience, I saw lots of normal, life-loving uh, youth, mm-hmm. um, Chechen young people, um, going, ending up by becoming the extremists or terrorists and joining the ISIS, just because, first of all, they lost the sense of um, life. They don't trust, and they can't apply to any kind of uh, justice, Mm -hmm. because the Russian constitution doesn't protect them, and it's not respected in the Chechen Republic, so they can't go if they get oppressed by someone, by the sure. police, they can't go and complain about it sure. because it's pointless. Then um, there is also um, huge propaganda against any kind of um, critical thinking. Right. And there is its punishment, which, uh, which is quite severe. So the people, they feel um, lost. They don't know mm-hmm. what to do. And it's always difficult to obey Nobody wants to obey and just become s- s- sort of, as they say, the animal, just right, without right. any critical thinking and independence and freedom of speech. And that's why uh, we see the people are being radicalized. Why are they, be- they are they They become the radicals? Just because they don't see any other options. And the only thing that can keep their dignity uh, with them, it's, as they say, it's the faith they say. Mm, Yes, I don't have a freedom of expression. I don't have a job. I don't have any possibility to study, um, because I have to pay. I, uh, because I have to pay the bribes if I want right. to go to the university. I'm not well served um, in the hospitals because we don't have uh, good doctors and everything is corrupted. So, um, he f- people are facing like a series of uh, uncertainties. Sure, sure. And um, social, political security right physical all, all and that's what makes them to count only on God right and when you count on God you say this is the um, difficulties it's kind of experience to me I have to face in order to have a better life and I will die and sure. of course there are recruiters uh, radicals on internet mm-hmm. who will and y- taking advantage of it absolutely yeah absolutely It's lack of opportunities that lead the young people uh, to join the ISIS and be radical, really.
0: Sure, that makes sense. And it's almost a lack of not just economic opportunity, but Mm. almost political expression and political opportunity or everything. It's everything, yeah.
1: It's everything. For instance, um, you can say, I don't do anything. I'm not against the government. Um, I don't participate in any actions which are not um, welcomed by our government but but by the end you can find yourself beaten by police sure um, or facing injustice when you when you go to the hospital or to school and um, and it's this creates kind of it put the young people in a sort of vacuum and they don't see any other uh, perspectives in their lives and that's how the sense of life Mm -hmm. itself um, is going away.
0: Interesting, that's tragic. Um, In your own work you've focused a lot on the role of women in Chechen society uh, through the wars in the 90s under Kadyrov's regime uh, presently. I was curious if you could talk a little bit about what you've found in your research, you know what w- or both your research and your your professional experience, you know what uh, wh- what are you finding about the the role of women? how How do they fit into this kind of closed society?
1: Um, if you talk about the Chechen woman, I, I can say that the Chechen women always worked. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. always worked, but um, due to the patriarchal um, way of thinking, their work and their cont- contribution have never been recognized as much as it should be. Interesting. And and this and the two words actually uh, proved that the women uh, are more can like can be active and they were and they are more f- like flexible uh, rather than men. They sure. can do any kind of work in order to protect their families and feed them. We had lots of women who were just throwing under the tanks mm-hmm. uh, the Russian soldiers, uh, just mm, fighting with Russian soldiers uh, when they saw uh, someone, like um, mm, some men were arrested or being taken away by the Russians. Right. They were just fighting, and they were strong physically, morally, uh, like psychologically. And, and that's what I want to actually show in my research, saying that the women used to work a lot. They were very active, uh, and it should be really recognized. Right, right. That's fascinating. That's very interesting. In
0: in Chechnya, before you uh, came here to D.C. to work at the Wilson Center, you were leading a, a large project uh, aimed at assisting Young women and girls see kind of alternatives and, and leadership opportunities, and we'd be curious uh, here at Democracy International to learn more about you know what that entailed and what that kind of what your work w- looks like in Chechnya. Um,
1: yes, um, our project um, aimed to help the girls in in their empowerment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as economical as personal as um, and. And that's what we do because um, the girls, unfortunately, their um, their activities are limited because right. just because they were born girls. Sure. And they, um, they um, the boys, they have more opportunities to go uh, to do sport, to do lots of activities. And the girls, um, since their childhood, lots of girls, they they are being uh, exploded by their parents. Right. and And. Uh, the parents don't re- like pay lots of attention on their interests. Mm-hmm. So we decided to give them sort of opportunity to um, develop their talents, first right. of all. Right. Also uh, to know that they have rights.
0: Sure, sure. To
1: know that they um, they can be leaders and they can play a very important role in their communities. Um, and also that they have rights to choose um, the profession they really want to do uh, to pursue just to perceive mm-hmm. and not the one that their parents want them to sure, be Sure, because important. in Chechnya we have uh, not for all of them of course but it's not rare to see the parents saying you should be a teacher because teacher is a female profession right and right. not um, to be a lawyer because lawyer has to deal a lot with like prisons and which is not good for the Chechen woman so right, there right. are lots of women who are not allowed to study law school. To just because uh, their male relatives think that it's not a good j- job for women especially for the champion one so we make them we try uh, through different um like um, activities we try to support the girls in mm-hmm. their beginnings um so um we talk we work on main eight issues uh, topics such as um, leadership human rights and then health it's how it's important for women um, to take care of her body Mm -hmm. developing their talents and also um, economic financial independence and how it's important for women uh, to be financially independent Mm, uh, we also um, and we're doing lots of like different activities and we invite as we call the sessional experts from outside for instance, if we see that the girls want, uh are interested in journalism, we can invite a journalist. to sure, can give them sure. the master classes on how to um, how to um, uh, ask the questions, and how t- just giving them some some tips on writing skills. Sure, sure. Well, and we can bring them to the local television just to right. show how the news are done. Uh, just to see the process right, so we right. try to give sort of alternative and we meet with the girls two times per week um, for two hours and we have a team of uh, social workers who works like mm, together sure spend sure. the time with the girls
0: that's fantastic well it's really it's really impressive work that you're doing and we'll follow your research and uh, know with great with great attention it's it's really it's really great so thank you for taking the time to talk with us here today and i hope you uh, enjoyed your time at democracy international
1: i did i did thanks a lot for and being interested
0: thank you and this has been another episode of opening spaces the podcast about democracy <laughs> Views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Democracy International.